0: Welcome to the Plus 6 Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 37 as co-host, there's a man you know on Twitter as Jep and ET. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. Footy has returned, Jep. What a great weekend.
1: Oh, nine games. Wasn't it fantastic? It was like normal life. It was uh, much enjoyable.
0: One game in particular on Saturday night caught my attention. How about you, Jep? Far out. That was diabolical. I had the lads here for a game of poker, so... um... I was, I was well distracted, put it that way. Just a shout-out to Ryan Daniels, who's doing great work on the Gold Coast, keeping us updated with several teams. You can follow him on Twitter, at Footy Rhino. Also, make sure you're following AFL Ratings on Twitter for updates to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here crushing it. If you lock a chance of scoring a plus-six podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. We'll give a few more away at the midway point of the season. Okay, Jep, this week on episode 37, we're going to talk about key players ahead of round three. Keep in mind we are recording this podcast late on Tuesday night, June 16. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. The podcast format will look ahead and be grouped into upcoming games. Remember, Jepa and I are focused on overall rank in AFL Fantasy. Episode 37, Richmond versus Hawthorne. Basher Hawley, Jet. nice return for Hawley with 100 points last week. Yeah, he uh,
1: slotted in very nicely. Hadn't skipped a beat and um, half-back roll, standard roll for Hawley, and that will
0: continue. Dustin Martin, centre bounces, remain steady. He's a trade-in target at some stage, Jet. Some stage, correct, but not for me at any point. I think Hawthorne will lock down on him pretty hard this week. Marley and Pickett. His scoring mostly came in the second quarter last week. He can go missing, Jep. He can, and it's a real concern. And look, as a point of difference, coaches should
1: really look to, if they can, put him on the bench. Um, he's obviously a good money earner, and, and his job security is very decent. But um, if you want to
0: leg up with some of these poor scores, maybe it's a consideration to start him on the bench. Agreed. Chad Wingard did see a small increase in centre bounces last week. Omira is set to return this week, however, Jip. Yeah, and that's um that affects Wingard considerably. So look, I'm I'm still an eye on Wingard. James Sicily. We've spoken about Sicily on prior pods. Let others take the risk here for me, Jip. Agreed. Couldn't agree more, mate. It's um he is not even a remote target for me. He is well well down the line, if if at all. Tom Mitchell. He has been limited by a shoulder concern of late. Those tackle numbers may be an issue, Jep.
1: Yeah, and I had him as captain last week, Pete, and it was painful to watch, my friend. So, look, it's it's obviously nothing drastic, no need to trade him, but um, I think we need to monitor him over the next couple of weeks and then there could be a decision.
0: Bulldogs versus GWS Giants, Jep. Bailey Smith, those centre bounces remain high. Your thoughts? Yeah, he's um, he's pretty prominent in the Bulldogs midfield and goes hard at it. And there's a lot to like about him. Jack McRae, he did spend the first half out of centre bounces last week. Just 36% CBA's Jep. Thoughts? Yeah, look, we, we
1: saw this last year, if you remember, and there was a role change for him. So I think owners need to hold strong. But a non-owner um, can keep an eye on him as a future trade target for sure. And I think
0: he'll be a bargain in a couple of weeks. I think the average will come back at some stage. But anyway, hold for me there. Josh Dunkley, he responded in a big way last week that midfield mix could be a little bit distorted under coach Luke Beveridge. Jep, your thoughts? I agree, but I think Dunkley is the the traditional inside midfielder for the dogs
1: at the moment. Um, You know, Bonson Pelly is more of a risk to push forward where Dunks is,
0: is really at home in and under... Onto Marcus Bontempelli. He was completely shut out again in round two. He'll likely see the ball on Friday night. Jeff.
1: Yeah. Look, and if I'm not mistaken, he um he's going to have another hard task this week. So yeah, it's um it's it's he can't hold him anymore. I think it, I think it's time to trade Bontempelli for his owners and um and, and sleep easy on that decision. Really.
0: Onto Linjong Jep. There is cash to be made here. He's still quite cheap. That job security looks quite okayish. Your thoughts? Yes,
1: yeah, it's, it's there's a lot to, there's a lot of potential there. I suppose um, tackles hard, does all the right things, and does the team things. Um, didn't see a centre bounce attendance, but that's not not the end of the world. Uh, as long as he remains active and, and and plays his role, I think I think there's a spot for him in the 22 of the
0: dogs. Onto the Giants' Dry Caldwell, Jep. His salary is still cheap enough at three twenty-six k. Your thoughts?
1: Still, probably a job security risk with Caldwell. Um, mm-hmm. It's really it, it could go either way. I think it's a case of high risk, high reward. So um, it looks like his scoring potential is there. It's it's a question of job
0: security. Yep. Onto Josh Kelly. It's Mostly quiet so far this season. The Giants have had two matchups that have been quite tough for fantasy this season. Jep, thoughts? Yeah, it's another primo sort of um, flying well below their
1: average. So we back him in. And, um, you know, Kelly can
0: has, has a good resume of what he can do. So I'd be holding him. Lockie Whitfield. He started on fire last week. The Bulldogs are giving up plenty and he could post a decent number this week. Your thoughts? Yeah,
1: again, pretty much in the same
0: boat as Kelly.
1: Um, we back him in um, for a couple of weeks more, but you know, the,
0: the, the potential is there for, for big and high ceiling. So I'd, I'd be sticking fast with Goodfield. Sam Jacobs. He really struggled against Goldie last week. Jep, he has a very good matchup in Tim English Friday night. He does.
1: He just got outplayed by Goldie quite considerably and he wasn't moving around the ground too well. So yeah, he's got English this week, which is great. Um, But, you know, owners really need to to consider making the move. But the move, I'm not too much of a fan of the sideways move. Um, I'm all about
0: upgrades. So those coaches that want to move him on, I'd look to to go on. On to North Melbourne versus Sydney. Jai Simkin. Centre bounces remain solid. He's a solid trade target from Egypt.
1: Yeah, a solid player too. Very, again, another one that's active around the contest um, and really... Looks like he's going to
0: do everything right this season. So no qualms in bringing him in. Todd Goldstein. Great score last week, Jep. Against Jacobs, can he maintain a decent average to compete with Gorn and Grundy? Your thoughts?
1: I don't believe so, no. I don't think the consistency is going to be there from Goldstein. And um, Grundy and Gorn dominate
0: in the air well and truly above Goldie. Jake Lloyd. He did spend some time on the wing last week. A price increase is likely from his seven seventy five k salary this week. Yep. Yep. Yeah, one I'm watching quite closely. But
1: look, it's it's obvious from Lloyd, the designated kicker in, in the Swans. So it, it, he's a top six defender. It's it's really a matter of when and when we bring him, picking the
0: right time. And I believe the right time is now. Okay. Luke Parker, the midfield usage is high. So uh his numbers? Your thoughts? Yeah, he's he's really.
1: Tempting us, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. Twenty-five possessions, you know, and a lot of it's contested. Does all the right things. Uh, look,
0: he, he dropped off this this time last year. Oh, it's a no for me. Oli Florent, his midfield numbers remain solid. He's at a great salary of just still five fifty-two k. Jep. Yes, and
1: look, he's definite for a breakout season. If we look at the list of the Swans. He's playing in that midfield and he had nine contestant possessions, which I look at closely.
0: Um, and I think Longmo will love that. So I'm a big fan of Florin. Onto Sam Naismith. He's likely to miss again this week with a hamstring. Sinclair is number one for Egypt. Yeah, and Sinclair played really well on the weekend. So, you know, there's
1: Naismith's gonna have his work cut out to get back in the team. So yeah, it's 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 a tough predicament for owners at the moment. Exit strategy required. Your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, you just either there's at least you have options with Pitney and A and, um, and the downgrade with Cameron. Even for the short term, it's it's. But you know you can't miss out on these cash cows, yeah. especially. So I think you have got to hit the trade button this week if you didn't last week.
0: Yeah, I agree. On to Collingwood versus St Kilda. Adam Trelaw. He's on the horizon. Whether it be this week or next week, there will be no ownership, Jeff. There, will, there won't be, but
1: look, I think coming back first game cold, it's probably not a huge loss, especially his salary.
0: It's more, I think, about how it affects his teammates and his teammates scoring. Brody Grundy, his scoring was hampered by no game scoring last week. The weather forecast isn't great for Saturday, Jip.
1: Yeah, another concern, but um, look, you can't trade him, obviously. So he's still got to 82, which is the new tonne.
0: Um, and, yeah, we monitor his captain progress amongst other players. Jeremy Howe, that ownership did spike for round two. Again, the weather is an issue with Marks this week. Jep, yeah, your thoughts? Yeah, definitely.
1: Good point. Um, he's he's an aerialist, but, um, you know, he's, he's getting the kicking boots on. He had 16 kicks on the weekend from his 20 disposals, so that's fantasy friendly.
0: So just keep that in mind. His role is very different at Collingwood this season. Dylan Robertson, he could be a fair while off, Jep. His round one role was poor even, as we discussed previously on the podcast, Jep. Yeah, I think the losses need
1: to be cut now with the emergence of
0: um, Rivers and Starkovich, so Robertson really can go. Jack Billings, his role is conducive to good screwing up and down that wing. He's getting up there in price at seven fifty eight k Jep. Yeah, and he's doing it
1: consistently now as well. So the back end of last season and, and, you know, the first two rounds of this year. So it's it's a big call to make, um, given some of the scars that may exist. But, um, you know, Billings is is pushing as a top eight midfielder
0: now. One player going under the radar, Jeb, is Zach Jones, just 1% owned. His midfield usage is very high. And so are his numbers. And so is his price. So his, his price is very tempting. Um 670-odd, I
1: believe, so I've looked at him already and I think our listeners really need to look at him hard because moving to the Saints, he's obviously pr- promised quite a considerable and big midfield role for the Saints. Completely agree.
0: On to Brisbane versus West Coast, Brandon Stasevich. Witherden didn't play last week and he excelled. Hopefully that defensive mix stays the same for Stasevich, at least in the short term, yeah, he's spot on um, Not having witho in the back line it's, um, It really propelled him And he had more more um, control and kicks out of the back line Yeah, more responsibility there as well In that defensive mix Okay, on to Dane Zorko He's battling Achilles Soreness It's an avoid from Egypt
1: Well, naturally um, You know, a lot of us have enough problems
0: with primos So you don't want to um, bring in anyone with a question mark Lockie Neal There's no doubting his scoring The heavy opposition attention I believe isn't that far away Your thoughts? Yeah, it's much deja vu from last year. Really, he started last
1: year on like a house on fire. So, um, it's West Coast this week. Do they tag him? Probably not. Um, but you know, it's it's on strategy. Hutchings, I doubt will come into the uh, inside, You know, into the midfield and, and tag him as an inside mid. So I think he will have a free reign again this week and score eighty plus quite comfortably.
0: Grant Birchall, as a mover away from Roberton, it's quite okay, but the scoring may be volatile as 36 points last week didn't get it done, Jep.
1: Yeah, I could not do it, so I'd advise Alice's not to go anywhere near Birchall.
0: Hugh McCluggage, his CBA numbers dropped significant down to 29.2% last week, Jep. With Zorko, if he misses, those numbers could spike up again. However, there is an issue there with his scoring, especially when he's out of the midfield mix.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a bit of a similar scenario with Whitfield. These running-type players and wingmen like McCluggage and Whitfield and the like, they're really struggling in this shorter um, time frame. So their fitness and and running game isn't dependent on so much, so that's affecting their fantasy scores.
0: Jared Brander for West Coast. I'm concerned about his job security still, Jep. Well, as an Eagles man, my friend, I can tell you right now,
1: he'll be out of the team this week
0: geelong versus carlton joel selwood his cba numbers dropped to 67.9 percent last week and jack stephen is yet to play jet
1: yeah selwood's an interesting one isn't it he's um he played well on the weekend and he definitely got many of our attention so it's it's what history suggests and with the older body and and any niggle and nursing through games you know he's going to get protected so With that risk i think there's other players and primos and mid
0: prices available at the moment that are far more appealing patrick dangerfield he's dropped 50k in salary so far this year jet that's all we might see. your thoughts yeah he's one i'm watching very closely and it's it's just a matter of when
1: um when you jump on danger isn't it so yeah it's it's going to be a bit of russian roulette and a guessing game um carlton this week he could go bananas so
0: Put it this way, we wouldn't be surprised if um, Danger up this week. On to Quentin Narkel. He's in the Cats midfield mix with Parfitt, Guthrie, etc. This is a very congested midfield group, Jep. It is, but I think Narkle's the traditional
1: midfielder than Parfitt. Parfitt's sort of filling in the void at the minute. I see Narkel as um, a, a true midfielder in, in the eyes of the, the Geelong coaches. So
0: Narkel's role is more secure than Parfitt's. Mark Pitnett for the Blues. He is the number one ruck for the next seven to ten weeks. Jeb, this is an absolutely smash pick for me. Yeah, it's um, and in a
1: in a year where we we're going to rely on a lot of cash generation through through some of these bargains, we 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 look, really can't ignore it, can we? So, um, the popular trade this week will probably be Jacobs to Pinnett.
0: The just thinking back to last year when we did our early pods the overall winner last year, Craig, he went down from, I believe it was Goldstein, all the way down to Riley O'Brien, and that allowed him to spend up in the midfield and other areas of the ground. It could be the same scenario again this year, right right here with Pitnett, Jep. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And um, I think, we, we just, really, it's hard to ignore. It's, it's at 334,000 um, and a score of 74 last week. Um, I, I know Gorn didn't pay much respect to him last week, but he had quite a few hit outs still and was quite competitive amongst um, the midfield group. It was more, can he, can, well, the, the question is, can he maintain that form for the next seven odd weeks?
0: Just need 60s and 70s, that's all you need there, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah agreed, true. If he's hitting
1: 60s, we're, we're ticking a box and we're, we're bringing him in pretty comfortably.
0: On to Nick Newman. He's out for the rest of the season with a knee injury that means that the offensive mix is going to change up at the Blues, Jep?
1: Yeah, and I think Simpson has more of a, a prominent role now. I think Simpson is is sort of playing second fiddle to, um, or third fiddle really, to Doherty and, and Newman. So um, I think Simpson will step up now and, and get a bit more of it. And then who slots in behind Simpson is anyone's guess.
0: On to Gold Coast versus Adelaide. Connor Butterick. He moved away from a small lockdown defender role in round two. I'm now quite bullish on his output. Yet.
1: Yeah, he was he was quite good um, in tough conditions. He, he did a lot of, of the right things that the coaches would like to see, and and he ain't moving from that 22 anytime soon. So um, naturally, most of us had him on the bench. Um, but you know, this week I think we can all start him on the field and and be comfortable in his output.
0: Onto Matthew Rail. It was a complete standout last week, Jip. The salary increase will be huge now.
1: It's uh, it's tough to watch a young kid beat your own the team you love, mate. He uh, he single handedly, almost single handedly, uh, beat West Coast, and he made an A grade midfield look second rate. So amazing, amazing player. And um, you know we we had an earlier pod where. Um, last year's winner traded Sam Walsh a bit earlier than most of us. Um, if Brow's going to produce that output and that output consistently, you know, it's it's a consideration and, and a safe bet to have him there for, for quite some time. So, yeah, it's a um, very,
0: very impressive young man. On to Noah Anderson. He found more of it in round two. Again, the cash increase is volatile here, Jet. It is. But, as
1: a wingman, he's going to fade in and out of game, so Gold Coast were up and about as a team, and he was probably a recipient of more possessions as a result of that so you know when Gold Coast struggle, I think his scores will struggle so i
0: am still a no for Anderson on to Brody Smith that midfielder usage at the crows is quite diluted, plus the crows mm-hmm. could be a volatile team to deal with in 2020 jet. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think I'll put this question to you, Pete. Like, do you think he's in line for a role change?
0: Well, I just think things are just going to be mixed up throughout the rest of the season for the Crows because obviously that's been a horrible start to the season and under first year coach Matthew Nix, for me it just it's just got warning flags written all over this that things are going to change up in that team. Yeah, well with that mate, then owners need to need to trade him out and trade him out pretty quickly. Onto Ned McHenry, the scoring may not be available unless he's running through that midfield. Your thoughts? Yeah, agreed. Um,
1: another young forward really struggling to hit the scores, but at least he's playing and he gets
0: that first game under his belt and some more confidence going to this week. Onto Riley O'Brien, no dual ruck set up, and the scoring flowed last week with 103 points. Yep.
1: Yeah, um, quite quite a good game from Riley um, amongst. Um, not much help from his teammates. So that will continue. Um, you know, he's a determined young man and he's got a point to prove. And I think, um, I just think there's, you know, the ownership of Ruckman and the availability of all our Ruck options this year. I just don't think he's he's a wise pickup
0: or or hold for current owners. On to Essendon versus Melbourne. Andrew McGrath, that midfield usage remains high. He's just racking up the disposals, jet yeah, he's uh, he's impressive, isn't he? And a lot of centre bounce attendances,
1: so he's one for a breakout year for sure. The the signs are there, um,
0: and I'm paying attention. Onto Darcy Parish, he was fresh heading into the final quarter and was played at a high rate in that midfield in quarter four. His numbers, however, will remain inconsistent from Egypt. He was quite slow off the mark and then and then came into it. So, yeah, I can't do it. Onto to Devin Smith. He did see a spike in those CBAs last week, but that pressure half-forward role remains, Jep. Yeah, it does. Um,
1: and, yeah, it's it's a bit of a shame for, for current owners, but I think unless you've got bigger problems, I think you can sort of hold Devin Smith and know what you're going to get. So it might not be the total end of the world at this point of the season.
0: On to Zach Merritt. He's been played in an outside role in 2020. He's collecting plenty of ball in defence, Jip.
1: Yeah, so, you know, there's that DPP potential. Highly doubtful, but there's let's not rule it out. Um, and again, a different role for Zach, and I think his clean ball use coming out of the back line is, is the whole theory of, of putting him back there and not having him in the guts. So well, if he gets DPP, I think everyone jumps on naturally. For
0: sure. uh, so, so watch this space sort of scenario. Onto Christian Petrarca. he's been an absolute beast. His CBAs and numbers remain very strong. Jip. he's
1: just—he was phenomenal um, on the against Carlton, and um, there is no doubting what's coming forthcoming in the in these rounds um, over the next four weeks at least. So, and the whole season.
0: So, if you if you're not an owner, guys, it's time to jump on the bandwagon. Could not agree more with those thoughts, there, Jip. Okay, on to Harley Bernal. maybe his comeback, which was great to see. He was relatively quiet, however, last week. Hopefully, he can remain fit, Jip. He was quiet from a fantasy point of view because of you know he,
1: we all know he was protected and his time on ground was pretty low. Um, but that's going to be his role going forward, isn't it? In these reduced quarters, the the dependence on a guy like Bernal um, won't be as high. So. He's damaging when he has it, and he's an impact player. So I think that's the the norm going forward, and that's
0: how we'll be managed in games going forward. So owners just need to be aware of that. Yeah, I agree with that. On to Trent Rivers. That role was outstanding last week. His decision-making was very solid. I'm quite bullish here, jep Oh, my, I'm very, very happy that a
1: kid, and he's a WA boy, he's put his hand up, and he looks very comfortable. So... Um, to keep Michael Hibbard potentially out of the team on his own back mm. um, is, is pretty impressive for the youngster. So, get get on if you didn't.
0: Um, he is one of the top rookie prospects in fantasy at the moment. Completely agree. On to Jack Fawney. Hopefully the people didn't buy it last week, Jip. The volatile scoring will still be a thing in 2020, Jip.
1: Yeah, agreed, mate. I'm not going to add too much more. I almost fell for it, but um, I think yeah it's um it's a case of when and how but um it uh, yeah. he's still the
0: heart and soul of that midfield and he's going to get targeted that's that's it. that's a given the intervention off podcast worked then so i'm glad you didn't fall it. <laughs> thanks mate oh you are max Gorn. he was he totally exposed pitnet last week he has three more upcoming decent matchups your thoughts
1: Look, for me, it wasn't really his ruck work, it was more how he dominated in the air. So he paid Pinnett no respect, went went where he wanted to, when he wanted to. And against Bill Chambers this week, he's gonna do much of the same. So it's it's I think the Grundy Gorn set up is is the early winner. Um it's it's a nose in front and um yeah, Gorn's gonna go ballistic again this weekend, I, I suspect.
0: Just keep an eye out for that weather forecast for Essendon-Melbourne. At the moment, it is quite poor for Sunday afternoon. Okay, we move on to the final game of the week, Fremantle versus Port Adelaide. Andrew Bradshaw, I am very concerned here, Jip. The scoring is going to be an issue. Not only that, Rhino tweets today that he might be dealing with a leg injury.
1: Yes, so look, we we look after our listeners and, and to be honest, he's a high risk, so... We need to note that, and he has currency. So if you can turn him into something, and you know, a Brayshaw to a Petrarco or to a Bailey Smith to a Walters or whatever,
0: look, you, owners need to look at that and look at that pretty heavily. I would recommend hitting the eject button very quickly because I see very much a lot of red flags. Okay, on to Brett Bewley. Akers and Wilson didn't play last week, and the scoring dried up. Just a little concern here for me, Yeah, and...
1: Um, Look, he still played on the wing though that, and I was watching him pretty closely as, as everyone
0: was so um, it just
1: didn't happen for
0: him against
1: Brisbane.
0: Okay, on to Hayden Young. He made his debut last week. He's a very rare defensive rookie Jep. He is, um, you know, again, probably a warm-up game,
1: got some cobwebs out, but he's kicking his elite, and he did some good things. which didn't set the world alight, um, but there's obviously a future for him at Fremantle um, in what capacity this season is yet to be seen. A lot of money to be spent with some question marks, so it's probably another
0: wait-and-see week on Hayden Young. Okay, on to Michael Walters. A great start to the year, despite his mid-forward usage, jet
1: yeah getting in that
0: midfield which is
1: good to see you know he's he's one of the um, elites in that team so damaging and damaging to the opposition so Sun Sun is doing a lot of right things for his
0: fantasy owners and if you're not an owner look at him cloud it's highly recommended Dan Houston just 28.6% of CBAs last week and now Ryan Burton is injured which could result in a move to a halfback role I'm concerned I'm not too sure that's going to play out that way but however, I am concerned here for Houston Jep.
1: Yeah, it's a risk, and, and another similar to Brayshaw, but for different reasons. But his break even, well, Houston's break even is fifty one. So, if you were to hold, and he's playing, you know, Port Adelaide face Fremantle this week, which aren't the hardest checking team in the
0: world. So, it's probably lower risk at this week, but something to watch going forward. On to Darcy Byrne Jones, you did mention him in our early podcast, Jep, and I. Wasn't too much a concern selecting him this year. However, his numbers from late last year into this year have been very consistent. But again, that Burton absence could mix up that defensive mix for Port Adelaide.
1: Yeah, if I recall correctly, my friend, you actually laughed at me. So, um, look, he's doing doing a few good things at the halfback line and he's, he's one of their prolific halfbacks. So he's going to get enough of the ball. It's just a question of consistency. So... Yeah, look, it's um, it's probably not a time now to t- to
0: to pull the trigger on Darcy Byrne Jones, but one to watch. I won't take the L just yet, Jep, but it is on the radar for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. On to Connor Rosie. What an absolute star! Jep. He's scoring in the middle and also forward is elite. But the Port Adelaide first two games have been very soft. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, agree with the, the soft first two games, but you can't ignore this kid. This kid. Yes, in a football sense, um, just cut, chops up his opposition. But from a fantasy point of view, there's as a forward, we, we really got to pay attention if um, he's going to push for this top six um, forward spot going in the year. And he's a bargain at the moment. Do we jump? Do we not? I think I think it's a, a risk willing to take personally. Um, there's a lot of potential there, and he hits every single stat line. And he had six tackles on the weekend as well. So... Um, that's a stat that I don't, I think many would be surprised at.
0: Okay, Jip, onto the top 25 ranked coaches and their ownership numbers. It's important to make a decision on whether a player that has high ownership can fail. If so, then he's worth taking on and finding a unique path to improve rank. The key point here is to give yourself opportunities to improve rank. Matching a high rank player just adds another brick to the wall in front of you. Of course, if any player is a must-own, then yes, certainly bring them in. Also, upgrading early from a highly ranked player does open up a unique path, as we've seen late last year with overall winner Craig when he traded out Sam Walsh, as you mentioned in the podcast earlier, Jet. Okay, on to the top 25 ranked coaches, defenders. Doherty's at 88%, Houston's at 84%, Brand is at 72%, Howe 44%, Stasevich, 40%, and Rivers, 28%. Your thoughts there, Jet? Yeah, so on the theory, you, you look to get rid of Houston to get the edge, don't you? So, yeah,
1: big calls to make, um, but the defenders are probably the um, most settled of all all the lines.
0: The Rivers' percentage will go high, and the one there for me that is also going to go high is Jeremy Howe there. So, okay, on to the midfielders, top 25 ranked coaches. Raoul, obviously 100%, it at 92%. Mitchell at 76% and Neil at 68%. Two there for me, Jeb, stand out. Uh, Pickett and Neil. I'll take your thoughts first and then I'll add some. Yeah, so with Pickett again. We um, look, well, I think those
1: owners and all owners should look to move into the bench given his scoring potential and how
0: he can hit a wall pretty quickly. For me, it's an upgrade early on Pickett. Again, we Sam Walsh went early for the last year's winner. So if you can upgrade... Off him very quickly. That is recommended from my point of view, and for me also, Lockie Neal. He's not a trading target if you're sitting outside the top couple of thousand. Uh, pretty much a fade there for me. Okay, Jeb. Top twenty-five rank coaches: the Rucks, granny's at sixty-four percent, Jacobs forty-four percent, Cameron at twenty-four percent, Gorn at twenty percent, and Pitnet at sixteen percent. Your thoughts?
1: Wow, that's a good even spread. Um, quite surprising results. It's um. You know, Jacobs is probably the highest risk there, obviously, and Pitnet's got the most potential from a cash generation point of view. So, um, look, I'm I'm bullish on Pitnet, but I think in a year where we're struggling to earn cash, it's probably a direction to to sort of look toward.
0: Yeah, the unique paths there for me to climb rank are Gorn at 20% and also Pitnet at 16%. For me, it's not Jacobs. So I think that scoring could be volatile over a period of time. And you know what? Grundy's still 64% there. So uh, for yeah. me, for me, especially is a Gorn at some stage, needs to be upgraded to At some stage, doesn't have to be straight away. Okay, Jip, onto the forwards. Top 25 ranked coaches. Patragrad 80%. Brayshaw, that is Andrew Brayshaw, at 64%. Curtis Taylor, 64%. Dustin Martin, 40%. Bailey Smith, 40%. And Connor Rosie at 36%. Your thoughts there. Yeah, so Brayshaw, the red flag. Um, Curtis
1: Taylor's taking a lot of boxes as well as Petrarch and Bailey Smith. So that's a pretty settled lineup and
0: and fair result. So um, no surprises there really. Yeah, the unique path there is off Andrew Brayshaw and to get onto someone else that can allow you to jump rank very quickly. Okay, Jeppa and I will return next week for episode 38. The podcast schedule for the remainder of the home and away season is to land late on Tuesday nights. Yep, that's it for episode 37. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks.